countdown is almost over. The week is, weekend is just about here, and the Battle of Ohio will be here in the blink of an eye. Welcome into another edition of the Strictly Stripes podcast. Muhammad Ahmad with Andrew Gillis. Mike Nizek is back in action. Some quick updates for you injury-wise. T. Higgins, Sam Hubbard were limited on Thursday. Higgins was limited a little bit on Friday as well, but according to Zach Taylor, they will be good to go. Hayden Hurst, as we expected, who was doubtful this week, he will be out on Sunday. So that means Mitchell Wilcox will get the starting nod at tight end. Another next man up step for him after filling in for Drew Sample, who got hurt. Hard to believe all the way back in week two. And so, I mean, real quick, guys, I mean, you, you look at that. I mean, Hubbard, good to go. Higgins, good to go. Of course, it sucks not having Hurst. It's his first injury this year, at least missing a game in terms of injury. Are you at least impressed with how healthy the Bengals are just relative to what they've been through up to this point in the year? I mean, I'm healthy with the Bengals and and the Browns. I mean, you you look yeah. at both both injuries. You look at the I guess the totality of the injury report. Um, you got Hayden Hurst who's out, but we knew he was going to be out. Yeah. Um, and then in Cleveland, you get Amari Cooper who's uh, who's questionable on Sunday with a um, uh, with a with a hip. But you, you, I mean, Amari Cooper. I don't think he practiced today, Friday, but he was a limited participant on Thursday. Like you're talking about somebody who has been around. Like this is this is a clean injury report for for this point of the season. And um, I'm I, I I mean, you look around the league at recent teams. Like the Chargers always seem to be kind of injury injury bitten. Um, the Ravens kind of seem to be in that same boat. So I mean, for for the Bengals and and the Browns too. You know, for for them to be where they're at health wise at this point of the year is pretty impressive. I also saw David Bell uh, for the Browns. He should be good to go. He was asked about that today, so he should be good for Sunday as well. Uh, That's another wide receiver that they'll have some depth with as well. So with that, we've kind of set the stage there as far as the injury report goes. We've been talking all week. We had Mary Kay Cabot on who had some great insight on just everything for this matchup compared to the Week 8 matchup. So cue the drum roll. Preview predictions. Do you guys want to go first, or do you want me to take the lead on this one? All right. You You want me to go first. Okay, all right. Muhammad's bankrolling today. All right. I am going to say the Bengals win, and I'm going to say the Bengals win 30-17. to I think this, you know, what? They scored uh, 27 against the Chiefs last week, uh, so they should easily hit 30 this week. I don't want to say they go too high over that because obviously, like, you still got to deal with Miles Garrett, who, to be honest, and we can get the, you know, prop bets and predictions later, but he's going to have, I think, at least a sack. He's Miles Garrett. He'll have his day. You know, like Mary Kay Cabot said the other day, Miles Garrett has such a soft heart. He has a special spot in his heart for Joe Burrow. So he's going to make sure he shows the love on, on Sunday. So, yeah, I think he gets a sack. I think, you know, obviously, you know, they're going to have Denzel Ward for this game. They did not have him. Uh, when they played on Halloween, he was out with a concussion. Can't overlook Greg Newsom and uh, Martin Emerson as well. So, yeah, I think the secondary plays well enough. But, again, I still think they give up 30. I think Joe Burrow just keeps building on his MVP-worthy performance against Mahomes last week. Uh, and, of course, you get Joe Mixon back. That's a plus. And you have that mixing with Samaj Pirine playing like the Samaj Pirine he wants to be. Uh, and, and, again, who else wasn't on that game? 
in Halloween, Jamar Chase. And I'll get to my prop bet with Chase later. I'll have uh, some predictions on him. But yeah, Jamar Chase goes off. You mix it in with T. Higgins, who's going to be good to go, like we mentioned. Uh, the Bengals get the revenge. I don't think Deshaun Watson has uh, any fun, much fun at all, when he comes to Cincinnati for his first AFC North game as the Browns quarterback. And that's that. Yeah, I I had I, I said earlier in the week uh, that I thought it was going to be a lopsided game. Maybe I'm alone on this one. Uh, the Cleveland uh, uh, Mary Kay and I did, and Dan uh, had they had me on, and they seemed more optimistic about Cleveland's chances. <laughs> when I, they asked me for my prediction, and I said uh, I think I said 35. I, I I don't know why 35, and I think I said uh, 13 was my prediction um, for okay. them. So I'm going to stick with the numbers that I gave them and. Obviously, it's very lopsided, but I just feel like uh, this is all kind of coming together uh, for the Bengals. I know the recent history, but, um, you know, I feel like they're very much on a roll, and, and, and I just don't see them letting Cleveland sort of be that speed bump uh, in, in the AFC right now. Um, you know, we saw what Deshaun Watson struggled last week, and I think it's going to take him some time. Um, to try to find some kind of form that he was at a couple of years ago. I know Zach Taylor said, you know, they're going to plan, you know, for him to be, you know, play like he did two years ago and, and then just, you know, see where he's at. But I, I just don't think he's going to be anywhere near that type of player. And uh, the Bengals keep on rolling. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit different from you guys. I think it's going to be a little bit closer than that. Um, I think it's going to be Bengals 24, Browns 20. Um, this to me feels like a weird type of game that the Bengals are, are going to have to squeak one out and, and kind of play physical football to win. Um, you know, sometimes Vegas can tell you stuff. And last week against against the Chiefs, that line being two, I tried to outsmart Vegas and it went against me. Um, but the <laughs> line was two for the Chiefs, Chiefs minus two. And that, that was kind of a little fishy. And this week has been weird. Um, the Bengals opened as, I think it was three, maybe four. Then it went all the way up to seven. And now we're back down at some places in like five. So I think there are a lot of people who don't really quite know what to make of this game. People who do this for a living um, in terms of gambling obviously don't. Um, but I, I think that this is just a situation where the Bengals, the teams that have given them the most fits are the teams that get after Burrow and teams that can kind of shorten the game. And I think that that's obviously what the Browns do. And obviously we saw on uh, Monday Night Football in, in Cleveland that it can be a disaster pretty quick. But the Bengals are better than they were uh, on Halloween. I think they're significantly better. Their offensive line is playing better. Jamar Chase is actually going to be in the lineup. And, like, let's be honest, like, it's not like the Browns have some secret elixir that, you know, that cancels out Joe Burrow and the offense. It's just some of it is is luck in, in the NFL. You know, some of it's bad matchup, but some of it's luck. Um, you can kind of point to some of the turnover luck that they've had, the Bengals, that is, in the last couple of these games. So um, I just think that the way Deshaun Watson looked in Houston, the way that entire offense looked in Houston, that's not going to be enough. So I think the Bengals are going to win. I think it's going to be close. I, I don't think this is going to be one of those games where, you know, the Bengals can kind of take their foot off the gas and hit cruise control until, you know, may, you know, starting in like the third quarter or something like that. But this is going to be a game that they're going to win. 
Interesting. Yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from. I mean, obviously, I know, like, Mike had a little wider margin than I did, and I was a little hesitant to make it as wide as that, to your point, because I do think it is going to be a little bit closer than maybe, like, a bigger blowout than I predicted or what other designer predicted. Because, like, that's the thing. I mean, you still got to consider, like, Nick Chubb is Nick Chubb. Deshaun – not Deshaun, I'm sorry. Miles Garrett is Miles Garrett. But, you know, with Deshaun, I'll be fair. I will be fair. I mean – we could be predicting so many different things like you and I did and like Mary Kay Cabot did the other day. And we could see a whole different Deshaun Watson. I mean, who knows? Like, that's going to be a whole just Pandora's bag of who knows what, you know? And that's going to be obviously the biggest thing, one of the biggest things uh, to watch on that. But to that end, what are your all's predictions as far as prop bets go? Yeah, uh, I have uh, the the d- defenders were on the board this week, uh, linebackers with tackles, and in a game like this where you expect Nick Chubb to probably get around 20 carries, um, you know, Deshaun Watson to, to run the ball a little bit, um, you know, those linebackers will sort of eat up those. And the over-under for Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson uh, is 7.5. Uh, they both hit that mark last time they play- played Cleveland. Um, Jermaine Pratt's hit that number 6 Six games and Logan Wilson's uh, done it four times, so I, I think that's pretty good value. It's plus te- plus territory as well um, in terms of the uh, betting the over, which is what I think they'll hit. Um, so that's good good value uh, if you're looking for sort of a filler on a on a uh, what you call it uh, just to uh, to fill out one of the. <laughs> Help me out here, guys. <laughs> we say it again. <laughs> you're losing me here, Mike. You're losing me. I think you might be losing it too, but. Yeah, I think I had just a total meltdown with my brain there. All right, something else, though. Speaking of meltdown with my brain, th- did I say Pandora's bag? I meant to say Pandora's box. I just realized I said Pandora's Yeah, I, I was going to let that one slide. I didn't want to be mean, <laughs> so I was just going to let it go. Um, it's Friday, That's the word I'm looking for, parlay. There you, you go. Parlay. If you're looking to fill out a parlay, that's a good uh, third leg of a parlay. There we go. Um, My brain broke. Sorry, <laughs> it's Friday. I, uh, okay. This this week I uh, I picked uh, Joe Burrow over two ninety seven passing and rushing. Um, you know I, I think that when you look at a, a team like the Bengals and a quarterback like Joe Burrow, I mean they don't typically like to run the ball running or at least run the ball with their quarterback. Um, it's just the offense the way it is it's the players they have at receiver it's the type of quarterback joe burrow is then all of a sudden you look at his last two games where he's kind of had to evade some pressure um he's actually done a pretty good job of that he had 32 yards rushing against the titans he had 46 yards rushing against the chiefs uh he has 20 carries in the last two games like that's that's a lot yeah i I would have to kind of go back and look at how many carries he had and they, like how many games you'd have to add up for him to get to 20. But uh, he's he's kind of shown over these last few weeks that he's not use, he's not afraid of using his legs. Then you're talking about an offense that's playing better. You're talking about a receiving core that is now fully healthy. I, I just think that this kind of sets up well for, you know, you could you could talk me into a world where, you know, Joe Burrow rushes for 20 yards and throws for 280. That's kind of what I'd be looking for here. Um, because I think that you can maybe get some value on his passing yard. I think his passing yards prop was like 279, 280 last I checked. 
So I think you might be able to get some value here if Joe Burrow, you know, rushes for 20 yards or so. That could kind of take down what his what you would need, I guess, from him passing wise, just to kind of balance out the scales. So I think uh, I think Burrow and uh, really just kind of any part of this offense right now is something that you're going to want to take uh, take advantage of. Touche. I'd say for me, I'm going to go with Jamar Chase over six and a half receptions. I was torn between either his receptions or his yards. I'm a little hesitant that maybe he goes over 81 yards because I do think it'll be interesting that Denzel Ward will go against him. I'm not saying he'll have a bad game. I just don't know if it'll be one of those big breakout yardage games he'll have. But I mean, six and a half catches, I think he'll easily uh, have over that. I mean, I think he had about seven or eight catches against uh, Kansas City in his return. And that's usually in the ballpark of like what Jamar Chase has on an average good day. So yeah, Jamar Chase over six and a half catches. Book it. So with that, I also wanted to get your all's take on one thing. So uh, I'm sure you guys obviously watch. Um, do, you, do you guys watch Get Up on ESPN? I don't know if I've ever asked you all that. Nope. So I watch it uh, occasionally, every now and then, every blue moon I like to watch, especially before the weekends. And word for word, Damian Woody said, Joe Burrow's coming. I think right now the Bengals might be the best team in the league. Bart Scott, who's also on the show, he picked Burrow out of the four panelists, Dan Graziano, Rob Ninkovich, Woody, and Scott. He was the only one to pick Burrow as MVP. Do you think people are starting to pick up on this or – is the uh, the momentum as far as like getting national attention still kind of a slow moving train? What do you all think? I've seen a lot more attention for the Bengals just the way they're playing. I think that coming yeah. off that win against the Chiefs, I mean, I think you saw them being sort of a pretty hot topic, especially team wise in terms of you know uh, where they're at right now, how they're playing, uh, them being a real threat uh, to push here uh, in the final weeks to I think claim you know one of the top spots. Uh, in the conference and, and, and overtake Baltimore in the AFC North. So I, I think that's been there. And I think that that's tied hand in hand with, you know, any sort of um, MVP discussion that they need to win games. And uh, if they do, then I think that'll just keep, keep growing. But I, I did hear that. I mean, I think the win against Mahomes um, certainly sort of expanded that conversation. Yeah. The way that I kind of judge um, if news is national is if, uh, you know, I get a text or a call from my dad telling me that, you know, hey, the Bengals are in the news nationally. Um, and he <laughs> texted me the other day and said, hey, people are really talking highly about the Bengals and Burrow, eh? And I was like, yeah, well, they just beat the Chiefs. So, yeah, I, I, like Mike said, you know, if you if you win games of that magnitude, I mean, people are going to care. People are going to show up. And um, they have been for, for the last couple of weeks. So, I mean, you start – you beat the Browns. You beat uh, you beat Tampa Bay. Like you're you're talking about a team and a quarterback that is going to just progressively get more and more hype and praise thrown their way because that you know the last couple of weeks of the season are not easy. So they're uh, they're fun matchups, and and I think that people are kind of waiting and hoping that uh, the Bengals are going to be you know kind of playing at the top of their game when those come. You know, I think uh, that's that's funny that you mentioned your dad. I my dad's actually like the total opposite. My dad knows nothing about sports, so I almost never text my dad about sports. Which, yeah, if you could tell, the apple fell far from the tree for me. But uh, in all seriousness, I mean, obviously, yeah, it is a big win. Like you beat the top team, at least the top team in the AFC entering last Sunday. Now it's obviously Buffalo because of that head-to-head with Kansas City. But 
you know, they beat the top team at the time. They have a chance to beat the current top team, Buffalo, like I said, in a couple of weeks, which is hard to believe, really just under a month away, a couple games away. I mean, obviously, you know, you got to get through Cleveland and Tampa Bay and New England first, but what do you think the reaction will be? I mean, regardless, I guess, maybe not completely regardless of what happens in the next three weeks, say Monday night rolls around, Bengals win, they beat Buffalo on national TV. At that point, do you think just all these outlets, ESPN, you know, NFL game day, at this point, like, do you think they're going to just start throwing their name in the hat for Burrow for MVP? Do you think they have just the Bengals in the AFC? Or do you still think they're going to give more credence to teams like the Chiefs and the Bills, even with a win like that? Um, that's a tough question to answer. Um, I, I don't know. I think, you know, you kind of look around the league at, you know, some of the other top teams and it just kind of depends what they're doing. Um, you know, if like if, like if if Buffalo keeps winning and Cincinnati keeps winning, like that Monday night game in Week 17 um, is going to be really really hyped up. Um, that's especially just kind of considering the stakes that it might have um, going into that game for playoffs and stuff like that. Um, same with Week 18 against the Ravens. So I, I think it just kind of depends on on what other teams are doing. You know the the Eagles are eleven and one right now. Like if if the Eagles are you know marching toward a maybe a sixteen and one season, then you know that's going to be kind of where a lot of people's attention is going to go, just in terms of MVP and stuff like that, and and rightfully so. So uh, I don't know. I th- I think like Mike said, you know MVP kind of goes hand in hand with winning, and I think you know vice versa. So I, I I just think it's one of those things where people pay attention to winners and and big matchups and winners typically play in big matchups so if the Bengals keep winning yeah I mean they they made the Super Bowl last year too like it, it's not like they're you know there's like perpetually underdog Bengals that you know have uh have kind of had to um you know fight through relative anonymity for for this season like a lot of people expected great things out of them and I think the interesting thing is only now like the, these last you know seven, eight games or so maybe as a whole, can you kind of point to and say, okay, this is what everybody kind of wanted this team to look like. Yeah. I mean, you know, like you're right. They're not, I don't think anybody really sees them as underdogs or, you know, like the underdog team. Cause that was the case last year. I mean, they were coming off a four 11 in one season. Joe Burrow was playing his first full season as a healthy starter. So obviously you're going to have the word underdog thrown in like there's no tomorrow. That's not the case this year, but I do think maybe it took people that Kansas City win to finally say, okay, this actually does look like the Bengals team that played the Rams in the Super Bowl last year because I think they saw that 0-2 star, the losses to Baltimore and Cleveland. And, you know, there's rightful criticism of, oh, can this team actually win the division? Can this team make it back to the playoffs? So some of the lack of attention I think was warranted to a degree, but I still think maybe they might have been written off a little bit. And and I say written off, I mean by certain people, certain analysts, which is all subjective. I mean, you have these analysts who make one prediction. They could be completely wrong because don't forget, the only person, I like bringing this up, who even picked the Bengals to win the AFC Championship ahead of uh, the actual game Sunday morning was Boomer Esiason. As far as like the CBS hosts went, he was the only one. Everyone else at Kansas City. The rest was history. So it's all subjective, but it's always just fun to to take those perspectives and put a spin on it. So 
I always enjoyed that, but we appreciate you all tuning in. Stay with us Sunday. We will have our post-game podcast as we decide or as we see if the Battle of Ohio is decided in favor of the Bengals for the first time in five games or if the favor stays in Cleveland. But once again, for myself, Mike Nislik, and Andrew Gillis, I'm Muhammad Ahmad. We'll see you back here Sunday. Enjoy your week.